Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. So uh, I am just here for a few short minutes. You can hold me to it. Uh, and all I want to do today is I want to look at this incredible passage that the Sanchez family read to us for just a few short minutes because I think that I find myself in the predicament of Tony, Evan, and Hannah a lot. I don't know about you, but I find that there are lots of things during Christmas that distract me actually from Christmas. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that I feel the pressure. I have little kids. I think about all the gifts that I want to get them. Um, all the gifts that they want me to give them, I should say. Um, I think also about attention being our most precious commodity. How many of you know that the longer we live in the world that we live in now, the more distracted we are? You know that, yes? And then also, I don't know about you, but when was the last time you actually looked at the Christmas story and thought, that feels really ordinary? It's not ordinary at all. It's actually kind of nuts the story. And so I think we miss it for all sorts of reasons. And my job this morning is to just talk for a few moments about how stupendous and amazing the birth of Jesus actually is. So the passage we're looking at today uh, is a passage that has a name. So Luke 1, 26 through 38 has a name in church history. Does anyone know what it might be? Anyone? It's called the Annunciation. It's the announcement of the incarnation by the angel Gabriel to Mary. And what I want to do is I want to read the passage uh, one more time. Uh, and I want to talk about how it's the core of what we call here around at the church uh, the gospel or the good news. So there's so much good news in this passage. I want to talk about a few of those good news, those pieces of good news. And then I want to talk to us a little bit about Mary and then we will be done. All right. So here, um, Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38, the Annunciation. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And then it gets stranger. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, well, here's how it's going to be. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be able to conceive, be unable to conceive, excuse me, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. There are about a thousand pieces of good news in this passage. I'm only going to list five. And I'm going to do them very, very quickly. 
but uh, they are so important. They're so central to the story of God and the good news that we have to talk about them. So let me just say five pieces of good news from the Annunciation. Here's the first. I don't know about you, but uh, has anyone like opened up your phones and looked at the news lately? Anyone? Has anyone seen any footage from what's happening in the Middle East? Anyone actually like heard anything about what was happening in Ukraine? It's not good. It's really, really not good. Um, And the first piece of good news from the Annunciation is that a kingdom is coming. And a kingdom is coming that will never end. Uh, Which means all other empires should beware. Uh, Back in the day when the Annunciation came to Mary, they were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And Mary and all of her people probably thought Rome is never going to end. But guess what? What happened to Rome? It ended. And the lesson of Rome is the lesson of every other modern-day empire. No other kingdom is going to last. The U.S. won't last. Russia won't last. Neither will North or South Korea. The conflict in Israel-Gaza won't last. All will give way to a kingdom that never ends, the kingdom of God. That's the first piece of good news in the Annunciation. There is another kingdom coming, and the president of that kingdom, or the king of that kingdom, his name is Jesus. And what that means is that means that peace and love and hope and joy, that's what the kingdom is going to be about. Not racism, not oppression, not imperialism, not capitalism, not exploitation, not violence, not communism, not humanism. Peace, hope, love, joy. That's the kingdom that is coming. And it's never going to end. The kingdom will never end. That's the first piece of good news. The second piece of good news is this. It's not just a corporate reality, though it's actually a personal one. The kingdom is actually coming to us, you and me. So who does the Annunciation actually come to? It comes to Mary. And who is Mary? Mary is a young teenage girl. She's probably 13 or 14. Uh, We find out later that Mary and her betrothed Joseph, they're very poor. We know that she's a Hebrew. We know that she lives um, in an occupied country. Uh, We know that she's poor, she's young, she's hardly the kind of person that you would pick to start or to restart uh, the new kingdom of God. But guess what? Mary gets chosen. And here's what that means. That means that whether you feel like Mary or you feel like you're on the top of the world, you're welcome. Because if the Annunciation comes to Mary, well, guess what? It can come to you and me too. Maybe you showed up this morning and you're like, I feel a little like Mary. I wish I had more money in my bank account. I wish that the circumstances of my life were more favorable. But here's the thing that the Annunciation says. The Annunciation says that maybe you're right in the spot that you need to be in for Jesus to come to you. That's what the Annunciation says. Here's the other thing. Notice that this is the third piece of good news. Notice that that the angel says to Mary, his name will be Jesus. Does anyone know what Jesus means? It means salvation, but it means who saves? God saves. That's what Jesus means. The very name means Yahweh saves. The very name is the encapsulation of the good news. And what that means is this. All of us are going to find ourselves in impossible situations at some point, aren't we? So 
there are some very young people in this room, and you're looking at me, and you're like, when will this be over? And I promise you it will be over very, very soon. But if you hear anything from this, please hear this. No matter how young you are, at some point in your life, you're going to face an impossible situation. You are. You just are. You're going to think, well, how can I get out of this situation? How can the impossible actually become possible? How can my rescue actually happen? And you will feel like you can't do it yourself. And when you feel that way, guess what? That's when Jesus is ready to come to you. Because who saves us? We don't save ourselves. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, you don't save yourself. That's the truth of the matter. That's the good news. The good news is some of you are like, um, yeah, you like that, yes? You can say that to one another all week long. Tomorrow, Christmas, you don't save yourself. You know, who saves you? God does. And in the impossible situation that you might find yourself in, you might need a little divine intervention. And guess who will come to your aid? The Annunciation tells us Jesus will come. And here's the other thing. Uh, Here's the fourth piece of good news. Remember that the Annunciation is about incarnation. So what's incarnation? It's It's God becoming man. It's the Son of God who is fully God becoming fully human. And this is important on so many different levels, but here's what I want to just say this one reason. The incarnation is what shows the depths to which God will rescue you. So all of the religions in the world, they transport us, they promise us bliss, they deliver us from our mortal cages, whatever. But Christianity is the only religion where God in his grace and mercy actually comes to you. He comes to you. I mean, he will come to us even in our mess, in our brokenness. I mean, look at first century Israel, not in such a good way, right? Hardly the ideal conditions that you would choose in order to, to actually bring about the new kingdom of God. Well, guess what? And Jesus comes in that very, very moment. And what that means to you and me is that means that maybe you showed up at church today because someone dragged you. It's Christmas Eve. Come to church. You know, let's just come. And you were like, ah, fine. I'll come to church. And you're like, man. Uh, and you even said to your relative, maybe you said to your relative or your friend, well, if I walk through those doors, maybe lightning will strike me. You know, I'm like, I'm like, maybe you said something like that. Well, I just want you to know you were in the exact right spot for Jesus to come to you. Because even in the mess, in our mess, in our brokenness, he loves you that much. He will come to you. If you came to first century Israel, he can surely come to you, all right? Here's the fifth piece of good news. I promise I'd be quick. The miracle of the birth is also good news. Uh, so Mary became pregnant in an extraordinary way. How did she become pregnant? The power of the Most High, it says, overshadows Herb, and here's the last piece of good news that I want to share with you. If the power of God can overshadow her, the power of God can overshadow you. That's how it works. Now, please do not fear. You probably won't become pregnant, okay? But the power of God can overshadow you. And here's what Tom Wright tells us. God's power from the outside and the spirit within together result in things being done that which would have been unthinkable any other way. In other words, the incarnation is proof positive that the impossible can become possible. That's what the Annunciation is about. If you are right now stuck in an impossible situation, well, I just have to tell you, your salvation might be right around the corner. 
might be right around the corner. So, okay, so how do we respond to the Annunciation? This is the last thing that I want to say. Well, we respond like Mary does. That's how we respond this morning. If you're sitting here thinking, wow, that's such great news. How do I respond? Well, respond like Mary does. And how does she respond? Well, she responds humbly. She responds with a little bit of doubt. How many of you noticed that she was a bit doubtful? And that was okay. Uh, If you have a little bit of doubt in you, uh, bring that to God. Mary sure did. And here's the other thing that she did. She She responded with surrender. So Mary responded humbly. She responded with a little bit of doubt. And she responded with surrender. And here's why I say surrender. Look at the cost of Mary's response. She's a virgin. She's betrothed to be married to a man named Joseph. But the fact is, she's probably going to start showing before her marriage. And people will probably think something happened to her. And she's at the risk of becoming a pariah, losing everything. And yet she says yes, even though it costs her everything. You see, here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel is that everything is ours if we choose to receive it. But as we choose to receive it, we give up everything. That's part of how it works. It's the paradox of the gospel. It will cost us everything. It will cost us our dignity. It might cost us our wallets, our respectability. You name it, we will lose our lives. But this is the paradox. Because you lose your life and then you find it. This is what Jesus tells us. We lose our worldly, present, worldly, secular lives and we find our true lives. We find unspeakable beauty and joy. We find treasures in our heart. We find a clear conscience. We find new siblings we thought we'd never have. We, are had, we have a front row seat to the miraculous. We see the impossible become possible. This is what happens when we surrender. I have to tell you that I have never, ever regretted surrendering. I never have. My only regrets are when I don't. You see, like, what if Mary had said something like this? To the angel, the angel comes to her and tells her this good news and tells her these like this 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 stupendous news and she's like, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that I'm gonna get pregnant because the Holy Spirit's gonna overshadow me. How about we do it this way instead? How about like you just let me get married to Joseph, then I'll get married to Joseph, and then we'll have a baby. And then you can take that baby and do your Holy Spirit stuff over that baby. And then that baby will become Jesus. And, you know, like, she didn't do that. She surrendered. But what strikes me is that I do that all the time. I feel like I run against something in Scripture or God tells me something to do, and I'm, all, I'm always like, well, but how about we do it my way instead? How about, okay, I'll do it, but uh, how about we do it my way instead? Well, see, here's the, the thing about the Annunciation. The Annunciation is an invitation for us to say, have your way. Let's do it your way. Let's do it your way. And I have to tell you, I have never, ever regretted saying, have your way. It's only when I say, well, what if we have your way, but also my way too, when I run into any trouble. And so my invitation to you this morning is the invitation of every morning, the invitation of Christmas, which is to receive the stupendous, miraculous news about Jesus, 
that the unthinkable can become thinkable, that the impossible become, can become possible, that God's power from the outside and the indwelling spirit within could together result in things in our lives that we never thought could happen. That's the good news of the gospel. And our response to it is this, have your way. Have your way. And so I'm going to light the Christ candle as the band comes on up. And, uh, and what I would love to invite you to do this morning, if we could turn the lights down just a little bit, is I would love to invite you to consider the candle in the middle just for a few short moments of silence this morning and ask yourself, will I surrender? Will I surrender?